0: Hello, I'm Anthony Sana.
1: I'm Dr. Michael Smith.
0: And this is Fusion Health Radio, the health, lifestyle, and mindset podcast. Today we've got a special edition, and it's our holiday edition.
1: Welcome to Fusion Health Radio, your source for inspiration, information, and insight on what it really takes and what really matters on your journey to abundant health.
0: Hello and welcome to Fusion Health Radio. Thanks for coming back if you're a loyal fan and welcome if this is your first time here. Michael and I are sitting down for a special edition of the podcast today, one that we didn't really prepare for in the manner that we normally do. We thought we'd just come to the microphones today and talk about uh, the holidays and what that means to your health. Because... I know from my own experience, the holidays can be stressful. They can make my stomach hurt. <laughs> and um, a whole bunch of other things that uh, I'm sure you might be able to resonate with as the listener. And for us, a uh, timeline here, we're actually in Nelson, BC. It's a nice uh, snowy day. It's about, let's see, six more sleeps until Christmas. I think
1: so. Yep. Yeah.
0: We're just uh, making it up as we go along. Uh, one of the curiosities I had uh, in, in coming to the mic today was talking to you about Christmas or holiday eating or that sort of thing. Do you ever give your uh, your patients um advice uh, that you don't follow
1: yourself when it comes to the holidays? Well, I think with uh, all humor I would say uh if I had any common sense I would just shut down my practice, you know, for the last two weeks of December because no one's going to do what I tell them to do.
0: People are uh, so invested in their ideas around uh, around food and and taking care of themselves at this time of year that doesn't really resonate with
1: It's so, it's so hard at such a social time with so many relatives and Uh, family traditions around food and feasting and, uh, drinking and snacking and, and all that stuff that, um, I think the overall sense of just being, um, being awkward at the, the one person at the big, huge dinner table who, no, no mashed potatoes, no, no gravy, oh, no wine, oh, no cranberry sauce, oh, you know, at a certain point, Uh, Unless you're, I don't know, critically ill and your family is 100% behind you not dying tomorrow from something really big. Most people just say, you know, I'm just going to enjoy the holidays. Uh, I'm just going to enjoy the holidays and get back onto my, you know, healthy eating and lifestyle and exercise program in the new year.
0: Yeah, I can say from uh, personal experience that my uh, family never quite understood why I wouldn't participate in the meals in the same way. Uh, As a kid growing up in an Italian family, uh, Christmas dinner was always something... Uh, of an ordeal for me, uh, because I was surrounded by tons of comfort food, um, which was crazy because, um, it was mostly discomfort food. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Everything from, uh, homemade ravioli to, uh, you know, turkey to ham to whatever else it is that actually graced the table. Um, often, you know, maybe, maybe on their own, the little small things I could handle in small doses, but this was Christmas, right? So mm-hmm. if I didn't eat something, um, I was, uh, I guess, really being ostracized, mm-hmm. you know, being sort of singled out as being like, hey, what's the matter with this? You don't like the food? Come on, eat, you're too skinny, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and I guess as I've gotten older, I've realized that uh, foods that I've eaten uh, in and around the holidays and what they can do for me um, in a negative way, uh, but I still come back to them.
1: Yeah, Most of us do. I think, I mean, if, if I'm in a, I mean, in, throughout the space of my life, there's been times when I've had uh Uh, you know, lived in places where I'm closer to my family and my social, uh, circle is much more about the, the celebrate, you know, the holidays thing. And I've had times in my life where I've lived farther away from, you know, family or chosen to be less, uh, caught up in the whole thing. And, uh, if I, if I'm doing a big year of, you know, festive partying and eating and everything else, I gain about five, seven pounds in the space of the two weeks of the, the, the drinking and the feasting and the fun, uh, which isn't a big deal, but it's just one of those things as uh, an athlete. I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs>
0: you know, well, it's, it's the opposite for me. It's not that I lose weight. I just don't gain. Right. I can eat it all. It just doesn't go anywhere. And I don't know how the hell that works. And maybe you can actually <laughs> tell me more about the, the sort of, uh, physiology and how the mechanics of being a, what's, what's the word for it? Ectomorph. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> how that all makes sense. But, um, holiday food for me was, um, I guess more it was it was more about the preparation of food. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy uh, traditional cooking, uh, traditional home style cooking. The things that I learned from my mom, and uh, actively enjoy doing that sort of thing. Even though I know deep down inside why that's actually wrong uh, nutritionally, why something maybe not necessarily the healthiest thing to eat. You know, mm-hmm. food combining or any of these other sort of ideas that sort of come around. It's like, well, I know that's not good, but. Man, this is a whole lot of fun. You know, it's it's always a it's a challenge around Christmas. And as I've gotten older and uh been away from my family around Christmas for a number of years, um I've still got these sort of uh programs installed in my brain that were there uh when I was a kid around Christmas. You know, the the way it is that I actually uh, manage food and myself and that sort of stuff. Um I'm really quite diligent most times of the year and even through Christmas but i have to admit today i bought a panettone
1: <laughs> what's that
0: uh panettone is like a traditional italian christmas cake although it's not like the uh the rum pudding kind of christmas cake it's something you can actually throw in a toaster and throw a whole lot of butter on top of and it's actually really good with coffee
1: uh, ooh that sounds really good yeah uh, <laughs> toasted
0: uh, <laughs> slice of cake oh my god <laughs> a toasted slice of cake with butter <laughs> and uh, espresso for breakfast uh now me being the good guy that i am number one i didn't have the coffee because i can't handle coffee coffee just totally you know throws me in all kinds of directions it's just bad news for me it doesn't matter what time it is t- time of the year it is uh with the pa- panettone because i've been so diligent with my diet i'm amazed at how much my health has improved since we've been working together over the past what two years um that i can actually number one buy panettone i can eat it and then i you know like let, let, let's let's go back in time here. Let, let's pretend this is three years ago and I bought Panettone for, mm-hmm. for, for Christmas and I sliced the slab of the stuff off and I put it in the toaster and I put the butter on it. As soon as I put it in my mouth, I would have food reactions instantly that told me that this is wrong and I would continue to eat. Now, these days, I know what those food reactions are and what they're about, but
1: they're not even there.
0: So I feel like I can get away with it, right? Uh, which is, you know, I think I'm kidding myself.
1: <laughs> well, hopefully it doesn't catch up with you in a bad way. Yeah.
0: uh and I think it's the kind of thing that if I uh indulge uh I allow myself, you know, a little bit of room there. I don't go too far off the deep end. I mean panettone is usually quite big. I think it's about a I don't know, a pound and a half a loaf of bread, I'll have a slice. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, some people with food sensitivities can get away with that, you know, probably like you know, like you're doing say once a year. Other people unfortunately they get um anything on them anywhere at all and you know, I was this one I was seeing a couple of years ago. Um, we were at a restaurant and I had some gravy with my meal and she had a French fry and she dipped it in my gravy and ate it. And you know, I mean, I almost reflexively just grabbed her hand, but I was like, Oh, I'm just going to sit here and see what happens. Two minutes later, her whole face and throat starts to turn red. Uh, and I'm thinking EpiPen <laughs> and, uh, but she, she was okay, but she was just like that sensitive to uh, gluten in particular. So, you know, it just depends on how sensitive you are. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I suppose in your practice, you see that kind of thing, um, year round. Um, but in the, I guess the months after the holidays like after Valentine's Day or Halloween or Easter or anything else it's um, sort of surrounded in chocolate <laughs> and, yeah, and
1: usually, usually it's with little kids oh really yeah I mean I, I, I my practice basically becomes a pediatric clinic for about a week and a half two weeks on average five days after Halloween
0: do you see more reactions in kids around eating I'm doing the air quotes here wrong. Uh, than you do in adults?
1: Um, Not always. It's just, I mean, with kids and Halloween, I mean, the amount of sugar we we consume typically as a culture plus the amount of sugar they're going to eat in the the day or two directly after, um, you know, it's just basically going to feed all the bad bugs and mess with their their mood, their brain, their sleep, and a bunch of other things. And uh, your immune system basically builds up a, a gradual army, if you will, over about three or four days after any kind of uh, infection. So sugar feed bug bug is an infection, immune mean, system freakout, and then the symptoms really start to hit both five days after the two or three days of binging on sugar.
0: Hmm. And with kids, are they more resilient? Do they bounce back? Like, does that even make sense? If they if they binge and they get sick in this way after Halloween, for example, is there something about them being kids and younger and more? I don't know, virile, nimble, or that sort of thing that they can actually um, withstand. <laughs> Sorry, I'm
1: just thinking kids in virile, well, I mean, resilient. <laughs> resilient might be the word. Okay, but. resilient. There you go. <laughs> Take two. <laughs> um, I think they're more resilient in some ways, but they also break faster if they're going to break, huh. in the sense of so if there's something precarious going on in their metabolism, and then they get a big hit of sugar from Halloween, or uh, too many candy canes for Christmas, or you know, whatever it is, that they're... If they have a problem and it's going to happen, it's going to happen usually after one of those holidays.
0: What about adults? Do you see how, because I I know people who, um, from my own experience, again, I'm not the doctor here, Mm -hmm. but I know enough about my own health condition that when I see something similar in somebody else, are adults more uh, naive or more intolerant? Or like, how is it that adults managed with that kind of resiliency issue?
1: So the expression over the hill comes to mind. Hmm. so around 40 you're going to hit the peak of the hill and i'm not saying it's all downhill from there i'm just saying that um your metabolism slows down about 10 percent every decade from the time you turn 40 so if you have a metabolic problem the resiliency of your entire metabolism is going to start re- uh, reducing after that time so i would say you know i guess i'm to go through the whole thing kids uh they're resilient and tell they're not. And if they're not, uh, the insult of one of those holidays is going to take them out. Teenagers just around the beginning of puberty are particularly susceptible to whatever they're genetically going to have problems with. So if there's a lot of stress and, or obviously wrong food or bad food or, you know, too much celebration stuff, that's, what's going to take them out. Um, people in college, university stress that already probably broke and eating pizza and craft dinner <laughs> and drinking like crazy. Cause it's, College, yay. Um, they're part at a particularly susceptible point. Most adults, you know, once they're doing the nine to five thing or whatever, uh, between like, say, 25 and 40, they're probably the most resilient or, in their own minds, invincible to, to what's going on if they're not actually a person who has a health problem. But again, after 40, then we just get more and more precarious.
0: And after 40, over the hill, in your words. Yep. I'm going to say your words because I'm over 40, <laughs> peaking up on 50. Although that doesn't really feel right either. Um, after 40, people are more, uh, prone to things going wonky.
1: Yep. Unless you're like one of those people that I think like George Burns and have a steak and a good couple of, I don't know how many fingers of, you know, whiskey a day the guy had and a cigar.
0: Yeah. So that's, like, that's, that's genetics though.
1: Yeah. But I'm just saying, I mean, that, that's, that's the fun game is, you know, if you've got great genetics, you might be able to go from 40 to, You know 105 or whatever and barely have any kind of health concerns at all Hmm. so i mean when it comes to health statistics and i like to do this sometimes it's kind of fun if you take up any list of diseases um i just did this i was researching something uh and i was looking at the statistics around autism and then add and then uh anxiety depression insomnia addiction uh, Alzheimer's and stuff like that. If you add up all of those diseases, everybody should have at least one of those because we're over 100%. Hmm. Cause, you know, you got 15%, 20%, 20 30, 40, 50, and all of a sudden, no. If you add them all up, everybody's going to have to get one of them. Obviously, that's not how statistics actually work, but, um, if you're a person who is statistically and diagnosed with a, a condition, um, then the statistics matter. But I mean, this is the, the weird, I know the word. Like I think. I mean, I hope this works. I just had the image of a Geiger counter. You know the things we use to try and find radioactive stuff. So so if we had a little Star Trek Geiger counter that we could point at people and go, "Okay, you're going to be you know the canary in the mine shaft. You're going to get everything. You know, you're you're invincible. You're an alien. (laughs) You know, like it just really depends on on everything. I mean, when I think about health uh, in my own life, being you know a, a patient with a you know few complex autoimmune things unfortunately I'm, per, I'm i'm very aware of um the accumulation of things that cause problems if it's stress plus uh not enough sleep plus you know take out food plus um you know whatever else's other relationship things or too many inspired research nights you know that you know are giving my mind enough rest or something. It's always the accumulation of of each of those possible opportunities to overdo it, which just brings us back to kind of the the context of the holidays. Because the reason we sat down to have this extra conversation was everybody in the holidays overdoes it. Mm-hmm. Well, not everybody, but almost everybody. It's kind of like almost a contest. I remember, where uh, at a certain point in my childhood. We had sort of a mixed-race culture family, so we're trying to bring everybody's particular Christmas thing in. But it inevitably seemed like an eating contest.
0: Who could eat the most, or who could eat the most? Weird thing, or
1: what was the... I think it would be just like the most, in the sense of, you know, coming from poverty, and then you're sitting down with this giant feast uh, in in my adolescence with uh, cousins and other people around, and it was like a thing. We're going to eat as many plates of turkey and gravy and mashed potatoes and Brussels sprouts or whatever as you can. And I mean, I was a young man, so I'm learning how to be a man from all these other men who are just basically damaging themselves Mm. because it was, uh, it was like an eating contest.
0: My experience around holidays. Um, so as a Christian holiday, a Catholic, whatever the word for it is, you know, it was always, um, influenced by whatever it is my mom picked up from, uh, the media and as well as whatever it is she knew from when she was a kid. Um, her, uh, traditional foods were, sorry, are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, they're so good. Like the um, the little, I don't even remember half the words for them, but the, the little small uh, holiday cookies that she would make or the jam-filled tarts or this or that. All these awesome, awesome things, which, you know, if I were to sit and look at them objectively, it's like, okay, well, that's just really sugar and that's sugar and fat. And that's sugar, fat, and salt. No wonder they all taste great and that sort of stuff. So, I mean, I, I can look at that stuff from this sort of mechanical health perspective. Um, and then I look at it from the uh, the aspect of what this actually represents. You know, sometimes I, I think that um, what it is I think and feel about the food that I'm eating actually is probably healthier for me and negates the negative effects. Like, it's like, it's not going to kill me just to eat this, just this once. And I'm not getting sick because I actually am enjoying the moment because I'm actually there celebrating with people.
1: Yeah, um, I like you to call it vitamin P. P? Yeah. Pleasure. Hmm. Yeah. Sure. If you, if you don't get enough pleasure, you know, that, that'll be the reason why you're going to get sick. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's just finding, um, depending on, you know, your diagnosis, I guess, Having the responsibility I do with my job, you know, almost everyone has a complex chronic autoimmune condition that is technically incurable and, you know, sorry, too bad. So my relationship with advising people around things with the holidays is, you know, do your best and and focus on, you know, larger portions of the things you know are going to do you well and smaller portions or nibbles of things that we both know are basically kryptonite, Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. The kryptonite, I kind of experienced that when I was a kid. You know, one of my brothers at one point said, look, just put it on your plate. She'll never know if you ate any of it. (laughs) (laughs) And so I would take a small portion of kryptonite and put it on my plate and she'd be like, oh, you like this? And I'm like, yeah, it's great. You want any more? No, I'm good. I'm stuffed. I ate a lot already, you know, Mm -hmm. white lies. Um, and she'd be so focused on all the other things that are going on that. That wouldn't really um, factor in that I was actually lying to her or not. I, I, I think when I look at holiday foods and that sort of stuff, I always I always see how awkward they are in terms of health. Um, I was at a Hanukkah celebration a couple of weeks back. The story of the Hanukkah celebration involves oil in some way. They had enough oil to actually light the candle for eight days. Forgive me if I get that wrong, but that's kind of my impression of it, uh, or remem- remembrance of it. But um, what they do is they actually uh to celebrate that sort of aspect of the story is they have a lot of fried foods, fried foods like oh, jelly filled donuts. <laughs> and I showed up to this thing and people are showing up with donuts. And then there was latkes and all these other things that were fried. And I was just like, really, you guys are awesome. <laughs> Unhealthy as heck, but this is awesome. But it just made me think like, is there any sort of culture that actually has a reference for, um, healthy food around the holidays like even traditional north american food is always like you know eight pounds of turkey and 14 pounds of potatoes and you're set and that's not necessarily the healthiest thing in my
1: gut yeah well um one of the cultures in my family is sami and uh sami people are basically the indigenous people of norway and finland and sweden they got kind of i don't know uh, industrialized around 1920 uh, so my grandfather was you know uh, although Sami was, you know, by cultural default, kind of more Swedish. And uh, they had taken on the, the habit of the smorgasbord, where you basically, there's just cheese and all kinds of meat and all kinds of pickles and sauces and uh, the real, I don't know, like uh, sourdough rye breads with caraway in it or whatever. My memory of sort of the, all the holidays is always just wandering around this giant table of food for about a week. It would just be constantly replenished by people. We did do the 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 big turkey feast. I don't remember when, but my favorite part was this awesome table of endless flavors of really pretty much good food. Mm Hmm.
0: Yeah, and you know, I I think of uh, the same thing. I mean, the preparation to put together uh, the holiday meals, Um, and then reliving that holiday meal for the next week afterward, and all the different variations of it, because there's so much of it around, right? Um, everything from, I mentioned it already, ravioli, there'd be turkey, there'd be, uh, my mom would make soup, um, including the stock. There'd be a tortellini soup, there'd be uh, meat on the stick, which was, I think, veal and pork and beef, little small skewers that were breaded um, and pan-fried. There was all kinds of cheeses, there was wine, there was always Pop, uh, Pepsi, we were a Pepsi House, and mm-hmm. 7-Up. I'm trying to think of what other things that were actually there. Uh, bread, lots of bread, Italian-style bread. Uh, desserts and cakes, and uh, I think I already mentioned the wine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's a big thing uh, for most families around the holidays. I mean, we used to, as kids, our parents would give us um, a bit of apricot brandy mm. on Christmas Eve eve so that we would basically sleep while santa did his thing um and then as we got older it became um you know a little bit more permissible around oh well maybe we'll have brandy more than just one night uh and then, and then we got into like you know later adolescence into well for the last 25 years or so uh, when we do get together it it's it's uh you know it's a full-on drunk uh well i don't think anyone I don't recall everyone getting, like, drunk in the sense of, you know, passed out buffoonery or something, but it was definitely a a theme, you know, and the rum and eggnog and the, yeah you know, the wines and the, you know, cocktails. And I think the last time we got together, I think people started drinking at about one o'clock in the afternoon. And it wasn't like drinking in the sense of, you know, doing shooters or whatever, but oh, sure, we'll have a little Caesar with lunch and, you know, all of that, and... And I think that's true of just sort of the, you know, the North American kind of thing around the holidays is it's a time to celebrate. It's a time of not working. Uh, it's a time of, you know, and I'm not saying this with, with judgment, but it's a time of consumption. I mean, I think back in the past, um, it was basically a, a maybe, maybe this, this is just me being a, I don't know, anthropologist or something, but I think naturally the holidays Uh, have always been a theme uh, and a tradition in any culture that got to the point where, you know, you had enough stuff uh, in the root cellar, you had enough stuff uh, in the, I don't know, barn or whatever for food that, you know, now we're past the winter solstice, probably, you know, we're probably going to make it through winter. So if we think like this, this is, you know, that halfway point, um, you know, why not take the chance to just celebrate the abundance?
0: And that's what the holidays are. It's just the opportunity. It's like, hey, we made it around the corner. We made it around the bend. Mm-hmm.
1: woohoo! <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, nowadays, um, the the consumption thing is, you know, on every possible level. You know, we need to have special weird hats. And then we have to have, uh, being in a consumer culture, I mean, it, it's just a chance for everyone to basically spend as much money and stores to get as much money, you know, in that period of time as they can. Um, and I don't really, I'm not really made that way. Like for, in my family, we have what's called gifting season and it's pretty much the entire month of December where we just become generous with everyone. Hmm. I mean, that could mean going to the soup kitchen to feed homeless people. It could be, uh, you see somebody who's can't afford what they're trying to get for their, you know, uh, groceries at the store. So you might hear here's 20 bucks, help you out. Hmm. And, uh, that's sort of the, more the first nation side of the family, And just in the sense of, you know, instead of a Christmas tree, we're going to have a Christmas branch because then we don't have to kill the tree. And we just sort of peg the branch to a wall (laughs) and put a couple of lights on it or, you know, some shimmery stuff. Instead of having that one day where, you know, the whole thing happens, you know, it's just, I mean, we definitely have presents under the tree, but it's more a process of just being generous for that whole month.
0: I think my own experience around, uh, around the holidays, around Christmas, over the past, She's 20 odd years more uh, has been focused that way as well i moved out west uh, from ontario uh, to vancouver uh, to victoria now here to nelson uh, and haven't been around my family uh, for christmas a traditional christmas dinner um, in over 20 years Um, and when i mentioned that the friends that are like really you haven't been around your family and i think well Probably the reason why I haven't been around my family around Christmas is because it always used to make my belly sore. <laughs> and I never really saw Christmas as being a time to to celebrate. It was always a time to rec- recuperate because I get sick pretty quick mm-hmm. uh, based on what it was I was eating. Um, and so based on that uh, kind of uh, indifference towards family around Christmas, um, I just took the tack of actually giving to others and spent a lot of time over the past so many years um, being in jobs where I was of service to other people. Uh, I worked for years at hotels in Vancouver and in Victoria, and around Christmas time, I loved it. You know, I got to put on the suit, I got to be gracious, I got to be a host, I got to, you know, give people an upgrade or something because they were nice, or whatever it was that was going on. In some small way, I was actually more interested in giving than I was getting at that time.
1: I think if I was to have my 15 minutes of fame or whatever, that would be one of the things i do, is say, so let's change Christmas from consumption to generosity. Hmm.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh, something that has made Christmas more uh, palatable for me. And um, in, in two regards, and maybe I'll use this as a segue. In one regard, I didn't have to eat the food um, that um, I knew was making me sick. Uh, and as I got older and as I'm sitting here with you, certainly I know a lot more about food than I ever did in my, in my life before. So I know what's going to make me sick. But it was also the mindset. It was also the mindset of I don't need to be around somebody else's ideas or um, uh, instance, somebody else's, um, demands on me. What am I saying? The stress on me was less. Mm -hmm. Um, I was more, um, grounded in myself and what it is I felt like I, I wanted to do around the holidays. Um, I mean, look at us here, it's a six sleeps till Christmas and we're podcasting in your office. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if that doesn't say, Hey, I'm doing what I want because it's good for my health, then I don't know what does. Mm -hmm. Um, do you have any kind of experience or any kind of uh, advice that you give people around the holidays in terms of their mindset as well? Because uh, we've been talking about food. It's, you know, about half an hour we've been gabbing away around food and that sort of thing. What's the sort of uh, nugget that you give people? And it doesn't have to be a nugget. Is there some sort of, you know, philosophy or, or thing that you share with people at this time of year that that, that comes up consistently?
1: I mean, it's a chance to really, really, uh, balance out a lot of the imbalances. I mean, please celebrate. Hmm. Please uh, have as much pleasure as you can, you know, connect with your, your intimate others as, as, uh, presently and deeply as you can, you know, in the sense that, I don't know, I, I was, it's, this may be a strange sort of aside, but one of the, uh, guiding posts in my life are called deathbed regrets, right? There's things that everybody on the last few days they're here is crying about all the stuff they didn't do. Hmm. And mostly it's around taking time to do what you really love to actually communicate with your family, how you actually really feel about them usually in a good way. <laughs> um, you know, not, didn't take enough time for pleasure. I didn't take enough time for play, you know, those kind of things. Um, you know, when, because I guess given the amount of meditation I've done and, you know, maybe because I've been trained to observe people uh, the way I have. I mean, one thing I, I know I really get a lot of the holidays is really appreciating the nuance of, you know, the people I'm spending my time with it's friends or family. And I think that would be a really great, uh, a really great bit of advice for people around changing what matters instead of, you know, this is what I did. This is what I got. This is how much I spent um you know or whatever and in, in the sense of some abstract competition to uh outdo you or your your, your past or your you know your your brother or your dad or something to just make the whole point of it more about how much you get to appreciate what's really going on in all of those relationships, you know not just with yourself but you know between Fred and Sally and everybody else to just go this this is these are my people, this is how we Uh, engage in, uh, each other and in, in in a playful way, in a meaningful way. I remember I had this experience, uh, and my family, I admit, is, you know, we're probably your classical dysfunctional family in some ways. We're all good people too, but, um, and that's not blaming anybody. It's just, I mean, I didn't know the difference until I did. I was at a, at a Christmas celebration with a completely different family. Um, I was about 24, 25. And they're all sitting down after the meal, and they didn't overdo it. They had a, you know, good meal. Uh, and the alcohol was present, but it was definitely, you know, maybe everyone got one glass and wasn't in a, in a hurry to get to the bottom of the bottle. Um, so we go to the living room, sit by the fire, and the elder man of the family um, and these, these are some pretty spiritual and traditional people, uh, you know, sits down and everyone's getting ready and I'm getting this sort of hackles feeling in the back of my neck. Okay. Something's going to happen. Cause everyone's getting this really weird, you know, very present, you know, and there's no crazy Christmas music playing. And, uh, he begins by asking the youngest person in the room, what was this year for you and what are you grateful for? And each person in the room spoke about their good experiences, their wins, their losses, their speed bumps, and what they were grateful for and what the year meant to them. And when it came to me, I was already crying hmm. because this is the first time in my life that a celebration was about what it meant for you around an entire year of your life around these people you know. And this is a, a family, I was a guest. You know, but I was just like oh, I had no idea that meaningful happened at Christmas, <laughs> you know, or that it, you know the the real gift was uh, sharing in the experience and and the um, the life experience, the what mattered to each individual in the room. Because I mean, that that was that was a gift. Mm-hmm. You know, each thing, that, that each person's sharing was way more interesting to me than any bauble I could put in my you know, the back of my car and the drive home. So, um, that, I think that really changed my whole perception on, on the holidays. And that's become a tradition in my family where, you know, we have our fun, we do our gifting season, we have our, our Christmas branch, we get together, but the real win is just sitting in, in the, the you know, maybe around the table or whatever going. And what was this year for you? I think we used to have more kind of at new year's now, just because of when my family got set up. But I think, Doing that with at least once a year with your people would be a good idea.
0: Mm, yeah, well, Um I had the opportunity to do something similar uh, with my ex and her family uh, more than once, and it was around the solstice when we did it, um, and it involved uh, family and uh, close friends. And it was amazing to me the first time that I had done that, how transparent people were. Mm-hmm. And I was like, not that I was unaware of being able to speak my feelings or speak my truth around uh, people that I was connected to, um, but people that, uh, were total strangers to me, uh, because I didn't know them in the same way because they were from out of town or whatever it was, were just like, Oh, yeah, this, that, and the other thing, da, da, da. They were just going off and they were just having fun with it and making fun of themselves and being very, uh, lighthearted and, um, sincere and honest about the whole thing. And I've always, um, wanted to continue that kind of tradition for myself um i don't have a family per se um here with me and nelson um so i in my own way i try to do that with people that i deal with um either clients or business people or a girlfriend or uh, close friends or whatever it is and try to get in those conversations at this time of year as i can instead of at a committed ceremony where Mm -hmm. we're all sitting in a circle staring at each other just because i realize how much more um Uh, life there is to people, um, when they're asked those kinds of questions. So I'm just going to do it. So what was this year for you? What was this year for me? Um, 2015 was a year where I really came into my own. It was like all of the things that I have learned over the past 25 years, uh, in life, professionally, otherwise sort of came to a head and I realized, Hey, I actually know what I'm doing. I can do this. Um, a big part of that came to mind or uh, was made aware to me, if you will, um, around my birthday. This year I turned 47 um, and I thought I was turning 48. So I had this whole story in my head around being 48 and oh my God, I'm almost 50. Wow. How did this happen? It doesn't feel like 48 looking in the mirror. Is that what 48 looks like? Like this whole sort of physical kind of and visceral reaction to being that old and then realizing after doing math, wait a minute, I'm only 47 going through disappointment. (laughs) Um, and then coming to a place of, uh, kind of humor and appreciation around. It's like, wait a minute, you're actually 47. They don't check you for ID at the liquor store. Wait a minute. You don't even go to the liquor store. Like, you know, like just being really funny, about how it is that I've actually grown into an adult, uh, being able to look in the mirror and going, Oh, Hey, you know, uh, I actually like you. I mean, that was a huge aha for me during this year, um, to be able to understand and see, uh, the different challenges that I've had in my life in the past, um, how to over, how I overcame them, how I actually, um, sit with them today. Um, how the chains that used to carry me down or weigh me down, uh, are no longer there. And if they are there, they're kind of like, Oh, Hey, look, it's kind (laughs) of (laughs) cute. It's got a little bit of rust on it today. Wow. Um, just being, I almost feel invincible, um, in in, in a way. And a big part of that is, uh, you know, without getting too mushy and touchy feely around all of this is the the, the support that I've had from you around my health. Um, my gut health has been such a obstacle for me, uh, in my life. Um, and it's only been in the last one or two years, uh, where I actually feel like, wait a minute, I'm not broken and I'm actually getting better. And this is actually working and this is actually
1: awesome.
0: Um, it's been a very, uh, introspective, year where i had the opportunity to do i mean i didn't accomplish a whole lot of major things i didn't you know earn eighty thousand dollars doing this kind of thing and i didn't you know fly to the moon or do some kind of business junk stuff whatever it was it was like wow i actually looked in the mirror and go hey you're all right (laughs) and that's been pretty awesome so i don't know if that's the uh i don't know if that's the short answer or not but that's, that's my answer so Right back at you what do you what do you say for yourself?
1: Well, I was gonna say ditto um this year's been I would say kind of if I was to put a mm, bumper sticker on it this year has been the affirmation uh, of a bunch of truths. I was in a really amazing relationship a year and a half ago, uh which was the best, most compatible playful um intriguing, passionate fun uh, relation canoe or <laughs> relationship, um, in my memory, um, in so many different ways. And unfortunately the relationship had to end because my partner, um, had to move to another part of the country so that she could, you know, you know, make her business work. Uh, we're still friends. We still, you know, hang out and, you know, uh, talk on the phone or whatever. Um, but I had no idea relationships could be like that be like then there's i mean that authentic that good that playful that mm. passionate that compatible that whole thing so i mean i've carried that into this year which is you know if i'm looking for doing some more relation canoeing that i mean if it doesn't feel like that it, it's not it just it wouldn't it would be painful to get into something that would be less amazing than that So it's been a very single year, (laughs) in the sense of really trying to find that kind of uh, instinctual, just sense that this could be, at least you know, approximately as amazing as that. So I would say that
0: it's the uh, the benchmark.
1: Yeah. So that's changed that benchmark, Um, but it's also new that way too, right? Well, I mean that's that's how it is. I'm not now. I'm aware that I'm available in that way, um, that wholeheartedly in in that part of my life, which has also popped open. And the, the same kind of paradigm if you will uh built a new clinic uh just over a year ago and uh here we are sitting in this you know great office uh, put tons of money into the renovations and stuff like that so that it looks like a really nice high-end integrative medicine clinic and i've gotten all these great people that work with me here um I was at this event recently where I was made aware of certain self-limiting beliefs that I had that I had no idea that I had. And that's how those things work. They're like the little magical blinders you put on yourself to protect yourself from some part of yourself you're just not really ready for, um, which is why we started the podcast and everything else, because I just came to this uh, awareness that I had all of these sort of funny limiting beliefs around my potential in, in the sense of being a communicator or being a clinician or being an entrepreneur or just putting myself out there. So now I've got, you know, YouTube channel podcasts, you know, a new clinic, my second book's coming out, all this other stuff, mostly because, um, I've just decided to trust that I have the same potential as everybody else, uh, to do whatever it is that can be done. And it, it kind of began with that relationship, and then it began uh, even more when I was building the clinic and just saying, you know what, I've never actually really put myself out there before, so I'm going to do that and just see. I mean, it's not like I'm not allowed to. I mean, for some reason, up until recently, I just never thought I was allowed to.
0: Hmm. Well, up until recently, I learned that um, you can actually record that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like the the, the whole idea of um, taking ideas, my ideas, and putting them to tape, or whatever it is that's in that little recorder over there, um, is something that is totally possible. Like not the technology is, is there that allows that to happen. But in me, the idea that actually says, Hey, dummy, that idea in your head needs to get out and needs to go to somebody else. Uh, and that comes to back to the belief in myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, when you asked me to sit down and do a health-related podcast, I'm like, me, health? What have I got to say about health? But here we are, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, talking about health, uh, some 15, 16 podcasts in, and um, I'm just delighted. That's I'm tickled. Funny. Yeah, it's this is a real kick in the pants, in a good way, mm-hmm. um, to be able to sit down and uh, affect uh, health and change for people. And I'm not even a doctor. You know, I might be just be part of the glue that helps helps your ideas stick to people, <laughs> or I don't know. Maybe we'll find a better analogy. But yeah. um, maybe you're the referee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay,
1: keeps <laughs> me from going way too far off into left field. <laughs> That's right.
0: Offside. Bitch. <laughs> um. So, I, th- I think this sort of idea around Christmas and holidays for me, and it, it sounds like you you're talking the same thing. It's more about appreciation. It's appreciation for what's right in front of me. I'm going to speak personally, around the holidays for me, appreciation is like, hey, you know what? My girlfriend really um, loves the idea of decorating. If she could have her Christmas tree up 365 days of the year, she would. And I am totally not that guy, but I am so in love with that girl because she does that. <laughs> and I am able to appreciate that and support her to do that in my own way without getting in her way. Um, and it sounds like you do the same thing around this time of year. It becomes more of a focus for you to actually be...
1: Um, like the little cheerleader for people. Woohoo! Go! Yeah. yeah, I mean that that's that's I guess my nature is, you know, if there's anything I can do to support or inspire someone to get their needs met or to celebrate more um buoyantly, I guess would be the word, more freely. Mm-hmm. Uh that's that's what I would want to do. And it occurs to me and this is going to change the topic a little bit. One of the things as a clinician that Uh, I find really disturbing, but also very poignant is that there's more suicides around Christmas time than any other time of the year. Hmm. And I'll shift of mood a little bit with the conversation, but I think if, if you're listening to this podcast, um, and you can think of anyone in your sphere of influence, your family, friends, work. Who looks like that's the person of all the people you know. If you can think of the one person who looks like they're probably the person who might try and take themselves out, it's your, uh, opportunity. I was going to say spiritual responsibility, but maybe that's just me. There's an opportunity there for you to do something. Let's call it Christ-like in, in the context of Christmas. You know, for celebrating the birth of, you know, some being who apparently was very, very generous and had the capacity to be of profound service in the world. Wouldn't that be a nice thing for each of us to, you know, let's, let's pick our, uh, each of our own individual person we know that looks like they're probably going to spend too much time alone. They've probably lost a lot and they're not, uh, very socially effective in, in whatever way. Make that person your particular pet project for the, the holidays to make sure they're as included in as many things as you can. Because mm. the people who have the most trouble in our species are the people who assume that isolation is actually better for them than the stress of connection.
0: Have you done that? Have you reached out to somebody like that
1: before? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's my, my, That's why we call it gifting season is to just find as many people as we can find mm. um, in our community that need some help and offer them some help. Uh, perhaps offer um, a drive to where they need to get to because I don't actually have like a classic big celebration thing that I do in my home. I can't invite someone into my home, but if I did, I
0: would. Mm. We've been at this for nearly an hour, talking mm-hmm. about uh, all things related to Christmas and life and that sort of thing. How do you think this is going to reach
1: people? Um, Hopefully, they're just going to think about that balance thing, you know, enjoy, but try not to overdo it yeah uh there's a difference between being a gourmand and a gourmet, which you know, is since a, a gourmand, I'll eat as much of anything that's good tasting until I pass out. Right. Whereas gourmet is more about, and you know, if you've ever seen gourmet food, they're like these, you know, dainty little plates that look like art that, you know, cost $45 and looks like you're getting ripped off because there's <laughs> hardly any food on there. So I'd say find that balance between, you know, the appreciation of what is and the appreciation of how much you can, you know, overdo it.
0: Yeah. That's, that's certainly a wise word system.
1: Food, booze, people, presents, whatever. I mean, let's, let's, let's aim for the middle a little bit, you know, cause, That, that's, it, it just allows us to remind ourselves, oh yeah, and I can be conscious in this time too.
0: Right. Well, I think we've managed to, uh, get through, uh, nearly an hour talking about the holidays and Christmas without swearing.
1: Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And I think that speaks to, uh, your perspective, my perspective on how, uh, healthy we approach this time of year. And that would be my wish for the listener, mm-hmm. is that they do the same in their own way, in their own capacity. If it's um, saying no to something that they know is actually bad for them, food-wise, food, booze, drugs, whatever it is, so that they stay a little bit more present. Mm-hmm. Uh, present to uh, their own uh, sense of themselves over this time, or perhaps
1: to another individual. Yeah, and I think in, in, in the, I'm not sure why my mind is going here, but That's probably because my son is in Germany this year, so I'm doing Christmas more or less alone. Hmm. Um, If you're a person who really feels that this is a hard time of year for you, you know, and it's going to be if that in fact is how it's going to be, do that consciously. You know, instead of trying to avoid it by drinking or consuming whatever you typically would consume to distract yourself or to stuff yourself, take this time to, you know, try and be as socially connected as you can be. But if you go into a dark place, examine it, you know, journal about it, make a commitment to go and see somebody about it, you know, recognize the the, the truth of that. Because, I mean, there's, there's people that are going to go there. There's people that are going to be super happy and super excited, uh, thrilled by the excess. And I would say if you're a person who's, like, super over the top with that whole thing, become conscious to it. And notice, is that truly you? Is that truly the best for everyone around you? Is that really the way you want your kids to be like? Uh, And if it is, great. And if you start questioning it and decide maybe we could you know, modify this a little bit to make it more about something that's real and actually matters, um, then you make that distinction in your life. You might not. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I think it's uh, certainly a time of year when um, I'm more introspective. I'm more uh, focusing on how I've been affected by the world um in the past i think about christmases in the past and how uh, i've been negatively impacted and how i'm not that way today and um, i'm able to look at things that were challenging and feel good about them and i i sort of hear you being uh, i hear you offering that invitation to other people as well
1: yeah i mean it's just i mean i guess that's my go-to thing is bring consciousness to it
0: yeah absolutely my consciousness is being distracted by a car alarm in the <laughs> background. Know. It's there like
1: too. we got buskers and car alarms. Woo! <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, welcome to the uh, busy Baker Street on a Saturday, uh, just a few days before Christmas.
1: Yes. yes, we have, I think, five traffic lights in this town. but <laughs> <laughs> we have, I, I call it a traffic minute, or a rush minute. You know, it's a rush hour.
0: Yeah, rush minute. Yeah, I, th- I think so, for but, sure. But
1: this is the main shopping area of our little town. so oh, there's... A lot of people impatiently trying to get their presents, I guess. Yeah. They,
0: uh, maybe they should be, maybe they should be listening to this podcast. (laughs) Uh, let's take that as an opportunity to invite people to do the same thing. Uh, if you, um, haven't already done so, you can subscribe to this podcast. Uh, you can do that on iTunes. Uh, Michael and I do have a Facebook page, Fusion Health Radio. Look for that there. Um, anything else you want to
1: add? Um, well, I mean, in the spirit of generosity, take five minutes or less and actually write a review to this podcast or any other podcast that we put up that you've heard or, uh, you know, feel as, you know, other people might get something from. Cause, uh, when you write a review that tells iTunes, that's actually worth other people hearing and then they make it more available to people. So,
0: Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's, uh, that's a good thing.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like we're all in the same family.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, happy holidays to you, Michael.
1: Happy holidays to you, Anthony, and everybody listening. Uh, enjoy everything that you can in your life because that's why we're here.
0: Mm-hmm. Fusion Health Radio, the health, lifestyle, and mindset podcast. Uh, we're done for the day. and We'll see you next time.
1: You have been listening to Fusion Health Radio. Please add your comments or post a question at Facebook slash Fusion Health Radio.